Hi, this is Dr. Shanitra Cuthbertson, and this is the Emmaus One Podcast. This podcast aims to strengthen your faith and edify your soul. Walk with us as we walk with the one on the Emmaus Road. Enjoy this week's message. To set them over the works of your mighty, glorious hands, knowing, knowing that alone they will betray you. They will walk away from you. What is man that you are mindful of him? What is man that you are mindful of him? God, you love us this morning. You love us this morning. That is clear. We ask this morning today that we would hear a word from you. We ask that this word would sink into our hearts. We ask that we would begin to understand the answer to the angel's questions. The reason you're mindful of us is because you love us. You're faithful to us when we're faithless because you love us. You bear with us because you love us. We ask today that we would know surely before leaving this place that we are loved, we are provided for, we are kept, and we are invited into the very presence of the creator. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This is the last um, sermon in our series. We've been in a series called Face to Face. And this is the last sermon in that series. We will start a new one next week. And we've discussed a couple people because there's only a couple instances in the Bible where the word says that somebody likened their encounter with the Lord as a face-to-face meeting. We discussed Gideon and his face-to-face encounter in the wine press. We discussed Jacob and his face-to-face encounter. And the last time we met, we discussed Moses. And Moses has a face-to-face encounter. Matter of fact, when God himself describes Moses, he says, I I talk to the other people in in dreams and visions, but I I talk to Moses mouth-to-mouth, face-to-face, because he's my friend. And Jesus told his disciples before he left, he said, I'm not calling you servants anymore. I'll I'll call you my friend because I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. And that's the point of these face-to-face encounters. God is trying to let us in on what he's doing because that's what he does with his friends. He tell them what he's doing, what he's about to do. But the only way to figure out what God wants to do, the plan he wants to have you contribute to, is that you got to get in his presence. And so we learned from Moses that there is a necessity of presence. There is a necessity of presence. Moses told the Lord, as we read last time, he said, if you don't go with us, I don't care what you give us, a promised land or or to defeat all these people. If you don't go with us, don't bring us up out of this wilderness. Because Moses understood the necessity of presence. And so today, our last installment, the, the, the sermon is titled Face to Face with Jesus. But before we go there, we're going to talk some more about this presence. We don't take this presence as serious as we should. 
David gave us an inclination on the importance. This is what David said in Psalms 24. David said, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it on the waters. Here's a point for our emphasis today. Now, David, just to give you context, is one of the greatest worshipers in the Bible. David gave us most of the Psalms. The things that we pray is what came out of David's heart. And so David said, who may ascend into the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? What is he saying? Who can come into this presence? Who can come into this presence? Who can step into the holy place? And David declares, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. So David has just said something right here. Such is a generation of those who seek him, who seek his face. Who can come into this presence? Clean hands, pure heart, those willing to seek his face. But if we are honest again, as I said in the prayer, the Lord knows. David understands that this presence is so precious that when Moses came around that burning bush, he was commanded to take his shoes off. Sometime, if I'm completely honest, we have become either familiar or just completely ignorant. It's one of the two when it comes to the presence of God. Either we think we are super familiar, that we could do anything, or we are just ignorant to the power of it. Because if Moses had to take his shoes off at a burning bush, what in the world do you think we would have to do to come into this presence? Either we are familiar or we're ignorant. And either one ain't really that good. David said that clean hands and a pure heart were required to come into this presence. But Roman tells us that all have fallen short of the glory. So now we have a dilemma. Because everybody has fallen short of the glory of God. But this presence still requires a reverence and a respect, a holiness and a cleanness to come before the creator of the universe. And so we have a dilemma. Because if we're going to be like the ones who seek his face, who have these encounters that change us, then we have to figure out how to get into this presence appropriately. And so Romans 10 gave us that answer. Romans 10, 5 through 7 says, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, when Christ came into the world, Christ meaning anointing, the Messiah, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice an offering you did not desire. 
He's talking about the Father. But he said, but a body, but a body you prepared for me. Because this presence requires no less reverence. Therefore, we had to have a mediator. The Bible says the mediator between God and man, Christ Jesus. And Jesus said when he entered the earth that a body, he's talking about the Father, a body you prepared for me. With burnt offering and sin offerings, you were not pleased. And we're studying, we looked at the tabernacle in Bible study, and we knew that you had the holy place and the holies of holies, and they could only go in all so often, and it was for the atonement of their sin, and only the high priest could really get to where the presence of God was, and, and it ended up not being enough because there were not enough bulls to cover the sin of man. But Jesus said, do away with that. It's not enough. A body you prepared for me. Then he said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. This is what Christ says. The angel said, what is man that you are mindful of him? And we understand that's the thing he's mindful of is his love towards us. And in that love towards us, he prepared a body for the God man who would be Jesus Christ. And he came, and when he came in that purpose, he said, I came to do your will, my God. What is his will? Get you and me back to the presence of God. Get you and me back in the face of God the way we are supposed to be. With reverence and clean. But we cannot become clean on our own. It has to be through Jesus. And so Jesus came ready and much like Isaiah he said here I am I'm ready to do the will of my God and in that will it required him to stay on this earth for 33 and a half years and the Bible says he's a man of sorrows well acquainted with grief it required him to walk a life that we could not so that we could eventually it required him to be stripped and beaten and to be crucified on a cross. The Bible says by his stripes, we are healed. That's why we can't take this presence lightly. Every time you step into a church, you should be in a reverent place to where you will say, God, if you are meeting me here today, I will symbolically take my shoes off. My presence, my posture, the very essence of my spirit will bow. So Jesus, he said, I came to do it. And he does it. And so one of the things I wanted to look at today, because I just have a few things that I want to speak to, and then we'll come back. He comes in this body, and he walks this body some strange places. I mean, when he's in this body... Jesus talked to some people that just, you don't know why he's talking to them. But again, because much like the angel said, what is man that you're mindful of him? It's his love. So the first one is the woman at the well. He takes this body that was prepared for him. And he takes a weird route the Bible said he must go to Samaria, and instead of him taking the route that most Jews took and going around the place, he went up, and he, took, he was on some arduous terrain 
That just means he had a hard trek, which is why when he got to her, the Bible says he was tired. He took that body and made it tired so that he could get to her. And he sat down on that well, and he began to talk to her. And she tried to give him all this religious stuff, her religious, what the Samaritans believe. He tried to give her all this religious stuff. And I think sometimes we do the same with Jesus. She said, y'all say we should worship on the mountain. And she's giving him all this religious stuff because not yet has she recognized that the presence that she's in. And so she doesn't know how to respect it yet. She doesn't know that this face-to-face encounter has the potential to change her life. She's only given him what she thought. This is our father Jacob's well. Are you better than Jacob? She asks him. She doesn't know. And the truth of the matter is sometimes we're in those same conditions, telling God about our traditions and our religion and all the different things that we thought we knew. But Jesus says one thing to her that stood out to me for this message. In John 14, Jesus answered her. This is what he said. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. We have to recognize something about this presence so that we're not bringing God tradition and religion and form of fashion. He says having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. I refuse to do that. Do you know how many church people that, that Jesus is an accessory? He's like a handbag, some shades. You put them on when you feel like it. When you want to floss a little bit and look a little holy. But you can easily leave the house without him or change clothes. This woman is in his presence and she's talking about what she did not know. He said, y'all don't even know what you worship. But let me tell you something else. True worshipers are going to worship in spirit and in truth. And if you knew who you were talking to. You would ask the right questions. If the reverence was there, you would ask for something that I could give that is eternal. This woman later on, we know the story. She's going to get it. She's going to get it. And this face-to-face encounter is going to change her life in a town. She's going to set a whole town on fire, starting with the men. There's one more person. There's a man in John 5, and the Bible says he's had an infirmity for 38 years. And this man has been laying there by the pool 38 years. And so when this presence comes up to him, he doesn't recognize it either. Matter of fact, all he wants to do is complain about his condition. He said, I've been sitting here, and won't nobody put me in. 38 years. Won't won't nobody put me in. This condition is terrible, but won't nobody help me. And this is what Jesus said for our point today in John 5. At the end, once Jesus learned that the man had been in that condition a long time, he said, do you want to be made well? Do you even want to be made well? Because while we're talking about this presence, Let me ask you a question this morning. I want you to ask yourself in your heart. Do you want to be made well? 
Do you even, it's, it sounds silly because he's been in a condition for 38 years, but we in some conditions in here this morning, every single one of us. And the question from this presence is, the one that a body was prepared for has stepped to this man. He is in the presence of holiness. And Jesus asks him, do you even want to be made well? It's like, I've been like this for 38 years. What you mean? Do I want to be made well? No, 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 no. There are conditions in our lives where when confronted with the real presence of God, that we come to a place and it's like, do you even want to be made well? Do you want to get over this? Do you want to leave this substance alone? Do you want to leave this person alone? Do you want to let go of your comfort zones? Do you want to walk with God the way he's asking you to? Do you even want it? Because I said when this presence comes, either we're familiar or ignorant. Jesus is breaking all that up. I'm not asking about your condition. I know where you've been for 38 years. Do you want to be made well? Because there's a lot of people that come to church, but they rather just sit and feel sorry for themselves. It's a lot of people that come to church, and rather than walk out hard stuff, we'd rather just be mad at God. There's a lot of people that come to church and leave out with the same conditions they came in with, not because God is unwilling, but because they honestly are familiar with it and they want to. So Jesus asked him, do you even want to be made well? And, of course, the man is like, oh, God, won't nobody put me here. And Jesus tells this man, get up and walk. And he gets up and walk. But Jesus finds him later on, and he said, don't sin no more. Let something worse come upon you. Which lets me know that this condition wasn't all about sickness. There's something going on in this man, something else going on in this man. Do you want to be made well. And so he's walking around in his body and he's walking up to women and people with conditions and he asking questions like, if you ask me and do you want to be made well and all these different things because he's setting up the picture back to Psalms 24. Who can ascend? Who can ascend? Clean hands, pure heart. How do we get that? Through Jesus Christ. Psalms, I mean, Hebrews 10, 19 says. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place. Hold on. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place. Wait a minute. We have confidence to enter the most holy place. David said, who can enter this place? Clean hands, pure heart. How in the world can we enter this place then? Where do we get confidence to enter this most holy place? The Bible says by the blood of Jesus. So he took that body that was prepared for him. He did the work he needed to do. Then he went to a cross and he bled and he bled and he bled. And the Bible says that when they stuck him in the side that the water and the blood came out. And by this blood, by a new and living way, has been opened for us through the curtain that is his body. Who can enter into the most holy place? Who can ascend into the mountain of the Lord? Who can stand there? The one who has confidence by this blood, who has responded to him and walked with him. And it says, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, 
Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us. Who can ascend into the mountain of the Lord? Clean hands, pure heart. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. This is what Jesus has done for us now. He's saying, let us hold unswervingly. I like that word. That was like swerve. <laughs> let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. What is man that you are mindful of him? He loves us and he's faithful and we can draw near to God. And now we, we, us, because of the work of Christ can walk into or be invited into the presence of God. But there's something else that the Holy Spirit gave me as I was preparing for this. He said the noun, for the of you that, I know y'all don't have English, but if anybody taught English, you know that a noun is a person, place, a thing. It said the noun is Jesus. He is the person. He is a place. He is a thing. He said it like this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The noun is Jesus. But the verb, the verb is on you. He said, let us draw near. He said, let us hold. Let us draw near. Let us hold. Let us keep reverence. Moses, you take off the shoes. There is a, a role of participation we have in this thing. And Jesus has already handled the noun, but the verb, the action, the movement is on us. Are you going to draw near? Are you going to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess? Are you going to take off your shoes and honor the God that made you? That's all I really want to share today, and I want to pray. You can bow your heads. God, we bless you this morning. We repent this morning. We repent. For every time you sent your Holy Spirit, and the Bible says that we can grieve for every time you sent your Holy Spirit to meet us, to change us, to direct us, to help us, to guide us. For every time you sent your Holy Spirit and we grieved him, we repent this morning. God, for every place of familiarity, whether it's with the Bible or with your servants, God, for every place of familiarity where we didn't treat your people or your house like they were yours. God, we repent for not taking full reverence when the creator of our souls summoned us and either we did not come or we came with an attitude. We bless you this morning. More than anything, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you while we were yet sinners, you died for us. We thank you that Jesus said that a body was prepared for him and he came to do your will. We thank you that the end of this thing is not based on us, it's based on your faithfulness. 
And because of your faithfulness, we are invited and enabled to come boldly before the throne of grace to receive help in the time of need. But God, we repent that we have used your help like an accessory. We come to you sincerely and dearly when something is wrong. But you said you wanted us to be friends. You wanted to talk to us and to tell us what you're doing. Not just to ask for your hand of provision. We repent this morning, Lord. Sending you, God, to the silence. Not engaging your word. Spending more time on Facebook and other platforms than we did even attempt to stay in your presence. We repent this morning. And God, we ask that just like God, the angels at X, show us again why you're mindful of us. Show us again that we can be over the works of your hands, that you'll give us dominion, that you'll work with us, that you'll change our name, that we could carry your nature, we could be conformed to your image, God. God, counsel out all the lesser gods in our life, the idols, the things that compete for your attention. God, we ask that you would help us this morning to give reverence to your presence when you invite us to be face-to-face. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe and share. We would like to take this moment to thank our mission partners for your continued support of the Emmaus ministry. If you would like to become a partner of Emmaus Ministry, visit us at www.emmaus1.org. God bless, and we'll see you next week on the Emmaus Road.